Welcome, it's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richie. good to be with you. We have a lot on the agenda. Breaking down news of the day, my contributor, me, riding solo, but you're here, all right? Okay, top story of the day, former Attorney General William, they call him Bill Barr, said, you know, he doesn't know if Donald Trump possibly sold pardons and was involved in a criminal conspiracy with Giuliani. Now this surfaced recently due to a lawsuit against Giuliani that Giuliani had a scheme according to the allegation where he would sell a pardon for $2 million and split the 2 million 50-50 with then President Donald Trump. How gracious of Trump. Here's video. Two more things. One is a 70 page complaint that was filed in state court in New York on Monday. This is someone who worked for Rudy Giuliani, who alleges not only sexual assault and harassment, but that she has evidence that he tried to sell pardons for $2 million apiece, which he and President Trump would split. Do you think that that's possible? you know, I, I'm skeptical about that. I don't. I don't think Rudy Giuliani would do that. Uh, I hope he wouldn't. Uh. Then he says, "But I don't know. Maybe he did." So here's the thing: if you know someone and you believe they are of at least decent character, your answer would be, "Of course not. That's ridiculous. Why would someone who works for the government?" and be president of the United States and being president of the United States, sell a party. But he could not say that. You see, Mr. Attorney General, if it is true, that means they did this illegal felony under your watch and you did nothing about it. So I do believe it's true. I believe the woman who filed the lawsuit is telling the truth about everything, including the sexual assault allegation against Giuliani, I believe that too. But let's be very clear about the reality of where we are now. Donald Trump has been accused of a major felony while being president of the United States. Will he be investigated for this as well? Will Giuliani be investigated for these now publicly available documents? There's more. Inside of this lawsuit, a lot of information was shared, alleging that Giuliani not only was racist, which did not surprise anybody, but he also was drunk every single day. As a matter of fact, the individual who sued the former mayor said it was really her job to make sure that he stayed out of trouble and away from media when he was in fact intoxicated. Well, I did some looking and it doesn't seem as if she executed perfectly on that job. Here it is. Former Mayor Rudy Giuliani, good to have (laughs) you on the show. I'm glad I'm on tonight because what you just said is totally erroneous. It is sad to watch what happened to you. It's sad. Sad to watch what happened to me, I'm a sellout. You are a sellout. You are tell telling you me why. that I'm a sellout. These are standing up for two systems of justice. Oh, I'm Joe standing Biden up for two systems can of be justice. In, you're just repeating spin. The prosecutor. Oh, but but the you prosecutor, don't, right? You're not the, spinning anything. Go ahead. Pro, I'm not spinning a damn thing. Did you to ask the Ukraine to investigate Joe Biden? 
No, actually, I did. So you did ask Ukraine to look into Joe Biden? Of course I did. Yeah, look, you should have your hand on your face. You know why? This is all a distraction from what I asked you for. No, it isn't a distraction, Chris. What you just said is totally wrong. Let's talk like lawyers for a minute. All right, good. Then respect this lawyer asking you. Hold on. I don't want to hear it. Rudy, I don't want to go down the rabbit hole. I taught law. You're going to listen to You want to say I won't cover it because I'm like this, right? You say? Oh, man, when I when I now you won't give me the proof. I'm not going to give you proof like the stupid New York Times story the other day. Now, listen, if did you cover that, if how the Times really screwed up the other day, listen, if the did you cover it, if the complaint had come out, you don't answer that. Well, I'm trying to get a question out. Will you finally answer my question now that we're 12 minutes in? Well, do, do we, really believe, we really believe he didn't know his son was under Why investigation? Why won't you answer the question? What What's is the question? question? What's the question? Thank you. If you don't want to hear from me, just cut me off. No, so I will the, never the cut you off. The fact is, you're blinded. You're me, blinded me the by your prejudice. And your network is a creature of the Democratic okay. National Committee. Yeah. I think your network is... I know, I heard... I think your network is a horror. And say I'm it not all to me face to face and we can get it out. I am the hell you're not. But that's okay. You. I you don't know, know, you've been very insulting. You've been very circumspect. And I think he's very drunk at that time. As a matter of fact, there's a lot of video of him like this, speeches, etc., all over YouTube. It was clear that he was either A, drunk or B, really drunk. Let's put it up. Noel Dunphy, in a 70-page complaint, stated that Giuliani, the former mayor, former federal prosecutor, repeatedly sexually assaulted and harassed her, often engaged in racist and anti-Semitic language, and did not pay her. Ms. Dunphy is seeking 10 million, rightfully so. Also, she says Giuliani kept her employment a secret once she was hired, only paying her about $12,000 over two years and owing her nearly $2 million in unpaid compensation. Now, I want to remind everybody that the genesis of their agreement, according to the allegation, was that she would get paid $1 million a year plus benefits as well as expenses. According to the official filing, she was only paid $12,000. I'm sure there's a record of that. Also, according to the Daily Beast, while Giuliani is claiming none of these things ever happened, according to the media outlet, she has over 23,000 emails and a plethora of recordings. Receipts is what we call them. All right, uh, so Rudy Giuliani uh, does deny the allegations. The complaint also states, it also says that Giuliani claimed he had immunity. Immunity. And discussed presidential pardons, which he said he was selling for $2 million and was split with then President Donald Trump. Giuliani purportedly told uh, Ms. Dunphy that she could send individuals seeking a pardon directly to him so that they did not need to go through the normal channels of the Office of the Pardon Attorney. NBC reported that Trump pardoned 74 and commuted the sentences of 70 others shortly before leaving office, 2021. Um, I will say this, obviously it is an outrage to sell pardons, especially in the manner in which they are going. Hey, Giuliani, if you get this, I split it with you. I mean, does it seem noble that Donald Trump said, hey, I'm not going to take a salary. Why? Because he knows how to steal money, knows how to get it other ways. 
at this point, it has to be investigated that Donald Trump likely sold pardons. But the irony of it is this, they all sell pardons. There's a legal way to purchase a pardon. I've seen it done, look at Bill Clinton. It's called a contribution to the campaign or to the DNC. And then there's an in-kind response. Or go to one of those fancy dinners where you buy a ticket for $100,000. I guarantee you, if you request a pardon, you may be on the list to get one. All right, it's going to be interesting to see how this develops. Naturally, there will be a court case if Giuliani does not settle. It doesn't seem like he will because he ain't got $10 million. All right, very potentially sad story. And this has to, this has to stop. All right, let's put it up full mass. So uh, Harry and Meghan were involved in a car chase with paparazzi, it was dangerous. They could have been injured or died. Prince Harry with his wife, Meghan Markle, her mother were involved in a near catastrophic car chase after being followed by paparazzi Tuesday night in New York. Let's keep that picture up. I want to say this clearly, famous and rich people, they have their challenges. They typically have the resources to overcome them. They are still people. Now, I have plenty of criticism for, let's say, the royal family, plenty. I don't want to see them chased in the street. And I don't want to see something bad happen to them like it happened few years ago, Harry, Meghan and her mother, Doria Raglan, were reportedly followed by half a dozen. Think about the scene here, half a dozen blacked out vehicles, which were being driven by unidentified people. The vehicles are said to have driven on pavements, jump red lights, reverse down a one way street. It has also been said at least one driver was using their phone behind the wheel while chasing them. At least one other is reported to have been photographing while chasing them in the car. One of the cars is said to have illegally blocked a moving vehicle. Harry's spokesperson had earlier said, and I quote, Last night, the Duke and the Duchess uh, and Miss Reglin were involved in a near catastrophic car chase at the hands of a ring of highly aggressive paparazzi. While being a public figure comes with a level of interest from the public, it should never come at the cost of anyone's safety. That I concur. Harris spokesperson said the couple had been subjected to relentless pursuit lasting over two hours, over two hours which resulted in multiple near collisions involving other drivers on the road, pedestrians and two NYPD police officers. Now the NYPD, they're downplaying the incident. Um, But two New York police officials have since said they do not believe the chase was near catastrophic and described a bit of of a chaotic scene um, as they tried to get back to the residents without being followed. Hmm. Why would the police downplay something like this? 
Obviously, they know something happened. They admit there's some there there, but it's just not as bad as you think. Yeah, they were being chased, but not a big deal. There's more. Um, let's put it up. Want to remind you, the prince has long spoken out about his anger. Why? Because the press and their intrusion was the catalyst for his mother's death, Princess Diana, who was killed when her limousine crashed as it sped away from paparazzi in Paris, 1997. Okay, let's go ahead and just be 100% authentic about this whole ordeal. Nobody should have to go through that. I don't care how much money you have, how famous you are, or may not be, doesn't matter. Being chased for hours, um, unmarked vehicles, you have no idea who's behind them. You cannot really see. Police obviously not doing anything to help downplaying the incident. This is a scary thing, especially given the context of family violence by way of paparazzi and your mother dying due to the limousine driver trying to get away. Um, so we hope that this is a lesson to those who would engage in something like this. Uh, and maybe possibly the individuals who did this either change their ways or they are caught. All right, a teacher, a teacher, once again, using a racial slur. Why? We have been reporting about teachers using racial slurs for two damn weeks, okay? Seems like every day there's a new one. Let's put it up full mass. So a substitute teacher in Ann Arbor, Michigan is under fire after a seventh grader said she used a racial slur while talking to him. I'm going to give you the background to this and it is a familiar one. The teen's mother reported the incident to the school and the local police, accusing the educator of perpetrating a hate crime on her son. I was shocked, hurt, said Brittany, the boy's mother. Both agencies have launched an investigation into the allegations, which with the school district saying it is taking the situation very seriously. They always say that, so it was a bunch of serious looking people walking around the school. We take it very seriously. Uh, let me explain why I think the mother um, went to the police. There are many states, Georgia is one of them, by the way. There are many states, if you use profanity in front of a minor, whatever that profanity may be, if it's profane language, uh, it could actually be a crime. And many states have that statute. I don't like the way it's implemented, okay? But I understand the justification for decency, but I don't like the implementation of it. All right, so the child's parents, when they heard about this, they jumped into action immediately, okay? After the middle school student told them what happened during a school day, according to the child, whose name is being withheld because he's a minor. On Friday, May 12th, the teacher overheard him casually using the N word with a classmate and entered into the conversation using the racial epithet, WXYZ reports. The teacher came up to him, Posed the question, asked him to leave the classroom and he complied. On the way out of the classroom, she said, why are you using the N word when you are? And then she says the N word. 
um, said Britain. I want a full stop on that. Every time we report on something like this and there's a minor, there's a student who may be utilizing language inappropriate to the classroom or the academic setting. It, there's this sentiment that it somehow justifies what the teacher did. That if the student used it, well, goodness, obviously the teacher can use it. Students should not have been using it first. Let me ask you this, for those who think that way, do you think that way about all words or just the N word? If a student drops an F bomb, should the teacher drop the F bomb? If a student uses the B word, should then teachers walk around using the B word? It doesn't happen that way, does it? It's not even contextualized in the same format. So why is it that when a child engages in immature language, why is it that teachers feel as if, well, I need to engage in this language too. But they create immunity for the other words that are inappropriate. All right, there's more. Okay, so there was a difference here. And I'm going to break this down because I think it's interesting. And by the way, big ups to Atlanta Black Star. They do a great job reporting on these stories. There was a difference in how he used it with his friend and how the teacher used it. She pronounced the word with hard R. While in the hallway, outside of the classroom, the teacher continued to say the derogatory word. Eventually, another staffer asked her to stop. Another staffer was like, hey, hey, ma'am, can you please stop saying the N word inside of the school? After the boy's parents alerted the school district about the incident, the substitute teacher, who had actually retired from teaching full time, was placed on administrative leave. The student returned to school on Monday, May 15th, and reports he experienced retaliation from another school employee who reportedly confronted him about telling on the substitute teacher. Okay, all right. Um, so let's talk about the nuance here. I really don't need to explain that. Everybody knows what the hell, uh, what the hell it is, right? Okay. There's a vernacular. There's a Expression that's within the lexicon of urban language. And then there's this teacher who decides to engage in said language with the hard ER at the end and repeated it over and over again so much so that another professional had to say, stop being unprofessional. And it seems as if the teacher was upset at the student because the student actually spoke up. It's insane. So according to Brittany, who prefers her last name to be withheld, so her son does not receive additional retaliation from classmates and adults. A teaching assistant tried to pressure her son to retract his statement about the teacher using the offensive racist word. Like her colleague, the mother says, the teaching assistant also used the word. Not softening the end, but articulating the hard R again. Let's put uh, let's put this lady up. All right. So in a statement about the incident, Superintendent Janice Swift of the Ann Arbor Public Schools said the district stands firm against any and all acts of bias, bigotry, and racism. Swift categorized the substitute to action as a redirection 
of the student's use of the racial slur, adding administrators were in communication over the weekend and placed a teacher on leave as they followed up with a third row investigation. Keep her picture up. Please understand her statement says, what really happened here was a redirection of the student's use of the racial slur. No ma'am, that is not what happened here. Redirection is actually opposite of what happened. Redirection literally takes you away from either the phrase or the word by pivoting with actual new language. You don't know what redirection is, do you? Maybe you thought others would not know what it meant. Do you all engage a redirection, uh, Superintendent, uh, when it comes to other words? Or is this redirection um, doctrine at your school only applicable when teachers use the N word? Upon hearing about the two incidents, one person on social media said, and I quote, I hope that teacher and assistant are both fired for racist comments and intimidation of a middle school child at your school. An assessment of the student body at each school served by the AAPD breaks down on average 50.7% white, almost 14% black, 14% Asian or Asian Pacific Islander and 9.6% Hispanic and Latino. Okay, so now you have also the unprofessional actions of the teacher. The reason why teachers are certified, the reason why teachers are approved is because they are expected to be professionals, professionals throughout the entire day. You're supposed to be a professional because other people may not be. That's the whole reason for it. You're not a professional just because everybody else around you will be, especially students. So when you decide to step outside of professionalism and engage in immature, language or behavior not becoming of a certified school teacher or a substitute, then there should be a penalty for that. You cannot teach a lesson without being an example. Children do not care how much you know until they know how much you care. And if you walk around calling them the N word, you cannot teach them English. If you walk around calling them the N word, you cannot teach them math because they have shut you down, all right? This is an educational opportunity, a tool. We got more on the other side, it's indisputable stick and stay. All right, welcome back, we have a lot of show left, okay? All right, let me read some of these amazing comments. I wanna remind everyone we're doing a big fundraiser for our dear brother, all right, Sammy Randolph. Sam Randolph was wrongfully convicted, was facing 21 years in prison. He served 21 years in prison, he was facing a little more than that. Fully exonerated, he's released. We had him on the show not too long ago. And despite being exonerated and released, he's currently disabled. He's confined to a bed because according to him, at one point the guards took him to the yard and they beat him and paralyzed him inside of that jail. The jail prison that he was not supposed to be in because he never committed crime. Sam's family and friends are asking for financial contributions in any amount to reach the goal of 100,000. We'd love for you to support, do the absolute best you can, all right? The brother wants to spread the message of reform and we wanna help him do so. Okay, 
A lot of comments. I am sock. Trump probably stole all of the silverware uh, from the White House on the way out. Of course, he tried to sell pardons. I don't think he tried. I think he did. Uh, and I think if we do an exhaustive analysis, which I'm probably going to do this weekend, we will see some really questionable things at the last minute, especially the commuting of sentences. That's a pardon without it being a pardon, you know? Maybe a little more under the radar. I, I, that probably went for a million, I would imagine. Nick see the silver hair dragon. Barr, who backed every one of Trump's lies and crimes, that's correct, that's yes. Uh, including lying about what was in the Mueller report ahead of his release. He enabled all of Trump's BS. So he knows what Trump and Rudy were capable of. He's every bit as guilty as the two of them, and he's barely trying to cover his ass for the future. Um, and let me say this, and you're right, you're 100% correct, all right? 100% right. Bolton, remember Bolton that worked for the administration? This guy has not seen a brown country he did not want to drop a bomb on. He made a statement one day inside of the White House according to one of the many books that came from this administration. And Bolton said, what drug deal is Trump trying to do today? And that was Bolton's way of saying, this guy is making deals here, deals there. We don't know if they're, if they're actually legal or not, but he's doing it. It takes, it takes Bolton explaining how difficult it was to navigate that White House. I cannot believe I'm referencing Bolton for anything, but that's what Trump would do to you, all right? Trump had me rooting for Jeb Bush in the damn Republican primary. Never thought that would happen. All right, you two, internet broker, she looks scared. Talking about the, the uh, young lady with Giuliani, um, Stephen Dorowski, uh, one million is not enough to put up with Rudy. <laughs> You're probably right, I'd be, but damn. To only get 12,000 for two years, I'm glad she started recording him. I cannot wait till these damn tapes come out, all of them. Uh, Cynthia Moon, there's no story worth putting the lives of others at risk. Oh My God, that's so very messed up, there you go. No story worth that at all, ever. Tyler Hagner, thank you, Tyler. I give to one indisputable with Dr. Shaw membership, I appreciate that. Chichi Massey. Thank you, uh, Chigi says, if you need a co-host, I got you fam. Thank you so much, you are my co-host in spirit, all right? Right now, I have deputized you, thanks. 32 Antoine, give to 10 indisputable with Dr. Rashad Rich memberships. Thank you so much for that. Uh, and you are a member for 11 months, thank you. Thank you guys for becoming a member. All right, non-human humanist, thank you. Says, great that Ms. Dunphy is suing. Sunlight is the best disinfectant, right? That's right, that's what I said. Rudy should be careful though, he might burst up into flames and twitch. Let's go to hopeful heart and open eyes. Every avoidance tactic you can think of, insults off topic is hysterical. It shows he's got nothing left, talking about Giuliani, that's right. It's done, lost his law license, he let Trump do that to him. He's a grown ass man. All right, got something for you. 
Ladies and gentlemen, I wish a Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You're going to feel free. Back off. I'm going to tell them there's an African-American man threatening my life. What the hell is going on? No, I'm not. I'm working right now. I just saw a spectacle and just had to get it on camera for real. I don't know what that is. Damn shame, put up the picture for a mask. Somebody knows who this is. Somebody knows who this is. This particular Karen decided to show up to Walmart in blackface. So there are a few things, keep the picture up. A few things I would like us to discuss about this particular level of Karenicity rooted in racism. You see, all Karenicity is rooted in privilege, all of it. Most of it will have a racial or bigotry component connected to it. Look at this, the dedication of putting on blackface. She painted even her hands, right? To do what? To go to a Walmart where obviously she could run into black people and be insulting. And here's what strikes me first, the decency of black people, the decency of everyone around her. The woman at the cash register still trying to service this woman who's mocking her very existence. And then you have a brother who's recording, he's not being aggressive, he just wants to document it and have observation. She makes it out of that Walmart just fine, no issue, but she knew that. You see, when they say we're afraid of black people, where? I've never seen a Karen afraid of a black person. I've seen them act as if they are, but I have not really seen it. The reason why blackface, one of the reasons why blackface is so offensive is because of the origin of it. The origin of a thing, has a way of defining its DNA, let's put it that way. So the origin of blackface comes from white actors who would wear black paint on their face and mock black people, black culture on stage. Utilize the black paint and over exaggerated features and all of a sudden you have a comedy show. This was before black actors and actresses were allowed to go on stage. Then when they allowed black people to engage in theatrical display, they made black people wear blackface. Do you hear me? Because the white audience was offended. They were offended by the natural black skin of the black actors. So the black actors 
had to also wear blackface. Once again, making a mockery of our race. And so because of that origin, we have a sensitivity about blackface. All right, uh, once again, as I said, somebody knows that Karen. Drop me a line if you do. Here we go again, the damn Catholic Church, another priest, another priest abused children, according to the report. Let me put it up full mass here, okay? Michael Jude Zacharias, he's a Roman Catholic priest in Northern Ohio. This Roman Catholic priest is facing a possible sentence of life in prison after he was convicted on multiple child sex trafficking charges. He is facing a maximum sentence of life in federal prison and a mandatory minimum of 15 years. He will also be legally required to pay the victims restitution. The charges against the priest stem from him paying at least three victims. Think about the sickness of this. Three victims to engage in sex acts with him by leveraging the victim's fear of serious harm to compel their compliance. Over the course of about 15 years, this took place. Prosecutors say the priest trafficked two of the victims when they were minors, as well as when they were adults. During his time as a seminarian at St. Catherine's Catholic Parish, this priest decided to groom children for commercial sex acts. Using his position as a priest and teacher to ingratiate himself to the boys and their families as a trusted friend, mentor, spiritual advisor. Prosecutors wrote, he was able to overcome the victim's resistance to his eventual commercial sex overtures by gradually sexualizing conversations and conduct with them. While the priest was sexualizing the youths, the victims were simultaneously developing addictions to opioids, to opioids, which later turned into heroin addiction. Knowing the victims were all heavy drug abusers, this priest waited until they had nearly reached rock bottom before he began to propose the idea of them performing commercial sex acts, according to prosecutors. Each of the victims took the stand, each of them had the courage to stand up to the monster that violated them. They took the stand during the trial and explained how they eventually gave into the priest commercial sex solicitations because they feared the psychological harm of losing him as a father figure and a friend, losing their connection to the church, losing their connection to God and suffering the painful symptoms, opioid withdrawal that could be alleviated with the money provided by this priest to purchase drugs. Two of the victims were also brothers. The older brother told the jury he feared that if he did not comply with the priest for commercial sex, then the priest would sexually abuse his minor brother, put the priest back up. Sick individual, but I wanna say this, the organizational structure who supports you, they're sick too, they're sick. Uh, And I'm sure I will get 
plenty of emails from individuals who subscribe to the doctrine. I'm an equal opportunity ass kicker. I don't care if you're the Catholic church, Baptist church or no church at all. You are a company. I don't care that you call yourself a church. Every church is a company. It is incorporated. It has a bank account. It has a hierarchy of leadership. The company protected this clown. And because of that protection, this perverted SOB was able to victimize others. Now, while I see clearly that he has to pay restitution, I hope the victims and their families will seek restitution if they have not already done so from the company who provided his protection. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We have a lot of show left. Good to have you here. All right, uh, bye bye Santos. We got the shirts. This is called Enterprise Inc. Shop TYT is throwing George Santos a farewell party. With a new design, bye bye Santos available now at shoptyt.com. Also, Justice is Coming, Jank, this new book available right now for pre order. TYT.com forward slash justice. That's TYT.com forward slash justice. The book is an outline on progressive vision and how we're going to correct all of the issues this country has. Jack and I were talking a few days ago um, and we were discussing politics in America. And we both agreed that if we figured out a way to get money out of politics, some of these issues auto-correct. Okay, because the confusion is in your special interest groups, companies and corporations who purchase politicians to tell you one thing but vote another, right? So if you get rid of the money, maybe the incentive for them to do that not as prevalent or perhaps not as lucrative. So so they just move on, they leave. Let me read some of these amazing comments. V says, talking about the Karen in blackface. She don't look like any black person, she looks like some kind of monster. Exactly. Um, Hong Jun, the definition of a monster inside and out. Yeah, Lori Parks, um, I thought I'd seen it all. I haven't seen a blackface Karen, well, not publicly, all right? Jackson Jackson, um, you have to be pretty miserable in real life, talking about the Karen. Um, the Jack, uh, these priests are like cops. I can do whatever cause I work for a high authority. It's a good point. And I say this to that point, okay? Um, if police officers continue to brutalize citizens that are unarmed, commit acts against their civil rights, and police officers do nothing about it, or the industry of policing, they act as if it doesn't exist, well, the whole industry gets judged. Just like if the Catholic Church does nothing about their dysfunction and their perverts and their monsters. That means the whole Catholic Church is worthy of what? Criticism too. All right. We have an update. Back in March, we exclusively covered the story of Tyree Pryor, who was fatally shot by police. I want to take you back to this video. Here it is.
should have never died. Put it up. We brought you this story exclusively. We were the first to report. In an update, the family of Tyree Pryor, they have now filed a wrongful death lawsuit. This is after we reported that prosecutors decided to not charge any of the police officers for Pryor's death. We previously interviewed the mother of Tyree's children and got her reaction when there were no charges brought. And remember, he was no threat. He was not trying to shoot anyone. There was nothing like that, nothing. The man was just in a car accident. Here it is. It's a lot of emotions. We are outraged, so we don't. Understand why they wouldn't, uh, especially after seeing the footage. It was um, it was just very heartbreaking to hear him groan and to you know then uh, you know the execution style shooting that took place because uh like and we went to the I, I don't know if it's the coroner's office or what but I mean he just looked like uh, like like they gunned him down like he was a monster and um, just to know that he was incoherent man I don't know I mean how would you feel? The man was no threat. The man had absolutely no way to be a threat. He was just in a car accident. He was basically pinned, not able to really move. One officer says gun. It doesn't matter that he doesn't have one. He said gun, magic word. You know what the word actually does according to officers that have spoken to us at Indisputable? The word gives them cover. The word provides a legal defense. The word lets them get away with murder. We've had an officer tell us this, tell us they're trained to do so. We also have shown you video of an officer who did the exact same thing. He yelled gun and the young man who was inside of his vehicle who did not have a gun said, I don't have a gun. And he put his hands outside of the car and the officer said, put your hands back in that car. He said, I'm not putting my hands back in this car. So when he yelled gun, that young black male inside of that car and that driver's side, he knew exactly what the move was. He was smart enough to save his own life. Let's put up the attorneys representing the family. The family is being represented by attorneys Harry Daniels, John Burris, 
Araminta Dupree and Henry W. Tanner Jr. Great attorneys, all of them. The suit cites that both Welsh and Soul, talking about the cops, used unlawful and deadly force against Mr. Pryor. The family is also claiming wrongful survival, battery, assault, and negligence. That's according to the suit. Those officers unloaded 15 shots on Pryor, March 11, 2022. At the scene of a car crash Pryor was involved in. While police did discover a rifle inside of the car, they did not open fire until Welsh yelled that he saw Pryor with another weapon that was never there. You see, they had already secured the long gun. Um, He has the right to bear arms. Uh, That had been secured. So when the officer yelled gun, he was talking about another gun that's fictional. It didn't exist, it wasn't there. Let's put up leadership here. Yeah, the chief of the Independence Missouri Police Department, Adam Dussman, and the Jackson County elected prosecutor, Jane Peters Baker. Remember, the DA declined to charge the cops in this case. Um, We are hoping that given the new lawsuit that has been filed, new information comes out. And the reason why these lawsuits are important is because it creates an opportunity to possibly get the cops on record. It possibly allows testimony to be entered that had not or could not be entered before because of a lack of prosecution. This woman did not even start a grand jury, at least do a grand jury. Present the information, let them decide. No, nothing. We'll follow this story as it continues to develop. All right, one of the scariest things that can happen, especially to a woman, is coming home and hearing this. Here it is. Racist white men inside of her community are yelling white power, white power to intimidate naturally, to make others fear them. So this has all the markings of the KKK tactic that has been implemented for decades. What state do you think this happened in? This was Alabama. Let's put up the picture full mass. I will give you the background, as much information as we have. So this is a newly posted video on social media shows. Some men in a pickup truck shouting white power multiple times outside of the home of a black woman in Alabama. Felita Wilson said the incident happened around 9.40 PM on Monday while her daughter and her boyfriend were getting out of their car. A truck slowed down with two younger white men inside as it passed by the residence and turned left at the nearest corner. It makes me a little nervous because of the climate of things, said Ms. Wilson. 
who posted video recorded by a doorbell camera on an Instagram account. That was pretty bold. This is a quiet neighborhood. It just makes you wonder about safety. Wilson's daughter, Jordan, says she saw the two men, perhaps in their teens or 20s, inside the truck. And she's sure they saw her and her boyfriend. Once they saw us, they started screaming, Jordan said. Um, This is a very dangerous situation, very dangerous. Um, I highly encourage those in that community to engage local law enforcement or create a system, a neighborhood watch system if they don't already have one. And if your local police department refuses to engage with you thoughtfully, contact your city council. Make sure your city council has implemented a citizens review board that you can challenge to hold cops accountable. And if you do not have a citizens review board, get one. Advocate, lobby, get signatures, get it done. There has to be significant oversight here. Because if this continues, the next report, unfortunately, may not be just shouting. These folks are not playing games, right? Take it seriously. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable stick and stay. Welcome back, a lot of show left, let me read these comments. Before I do that, let me remind everyone of this progress report. The big stories that the corporate media are botching, in other words, effing up. We let you know what's really going on, the big stories that you're missing. We hunt those stories down and share them with you. TYT's original reporting, never miss another story. We make sure you know all about it. Scan the QR code or go to tyt.com forward slash newsletter to sign up. All right, a lot of comments, YouTube, uh, Scorpios underscore cores. How can one word be used this way to execute? Person of color is disgusting and really should, there should be a massive investigation, almost royal commission into police using it to commit murder. And see, officers, They have their own language, even if they've never met each other, even if they're part of different departments. They understand some industry standards, so to speak, outside of the review of policy. And that's why I say uh, culture eats policy alive every day of the week. All right, Queen underscore G underscore from GI, get rid of these role police everywhere and chiefs and prosecutors too. That's right, replace, not reform. Some people, they are just too gone. Well, at least one lawmaker loves neo-Nazis and he's willing to stand by it. Let's put it up for a mask. Here we go, new America or old America. Connection has been revealed between far right Arizona representative Paul Gosar and the neo-Nazi and manager of the failed Kanye West presidential campaign, Nick Fuentes. Several social media posts specifically incriminate Gosar's digital director, Wayne Cyril. The post, which appeared both before and after. Mr. Cyril began working as a government employee for one of the most far right members of Congress, including an account reportedly belonging to Mr. Cyril, pledging his alliance to Fuentes, a proud white nationalist. The 24 year old Neil Fascist pundit Central 
to a cult-like authoritarian movement of mostly young men. Uh, so here is Wade Cyril as an intern uh, and avid fan at one of the white supremacist America First rallies organized by who? Known white nationalist Nick Fuentes. According to congressional records, Mr. Cyril was hired in November 2021. The same month that Congressman Gosar was censored and removed from his committee assignments for posting a video on his Twitter that edited himself into the anime beheading Democratic US Representative AOC. And we all remember that. It was also uncovered, let's put it up. Cyril was also uncovered handling what? Another social media account known as the chicken right or chicken and pledged his undying loyalty to Fuentes and the white race under the moniker. On Twitter and Gab, chicken right accounts posted statements and graphics suggesting trans people are pedophiles, claimed women should not join the workforce, minimized slavery, amplified the so-called great replacement conspiracy, and made bigoted statements about black people, Jewish people, and other racial minorities. Representative Gosar, meanwhile, has his own radical far right history with Nick Fuentes and the neo-Nazi movement in 2020. He voted against a resolution to condemn QAnon in February 2021. He delivered a keynote address at the America First Political Action Committee conference hosted by who? Fuentes, where Fuentes reportedly said, white people are done being bullied and praised the attack, the terrorist attack on January 6th as awesome. Later that year, the congressman stated they believe in America first. They would not agree 100% on every issue, no group does, they would not let the left dictate our strategy. So before I go on, please understand what Gosar is saying. He's saying that racist people are part of our strategy, okay? Racist people are part of our strategy. So they have to go out of their way not to offend racist people. So the way they kind of keep that base intact is instead of defending racist people, which can be costly. Okay, it can. There, there are some allies who would absolutely say no. We don't like that language. So instead of doing that, many of them engage in a different type of code, where they will create legislation or present proclamations or even say things publicly that are anti-black. That typically does the job. It solidifies them with a particular base inside of the Republican Party. It allows them to continue seeking and obtaining power. So uh, the congressman's extreme actions have also persisted on Twitter. In October 2021, the congressman tweeted and then deleted a meme that superimposed himself into a format that is popular among neo-Nazis sharing images of Nazi Germany. Another since deleted tweet from the congressman on Holocaust Remembrance Day in 2022 includes a dark magazine of Jewish people killed during the Holocaust. Last month, the congressman promoted 
a neo-Nazi website in his letter, which included a link to an article about him. Put up the congressman again. So I've seen the comments and people are saying things like, well, why, why would the congressman affiliate himself with, with individuals like this? This is hurting his this is hurting his political position. And why is he affiliate? He is a white nationalist. He is a neo-Nazi. These are not just people he hired. He didn't forget to check the resume. They got hired because it's on the resume. So please understand who you have in that congressional seat. You have an individual who is in fact a white supremacist neo-Nazi. He's not playing with it, he is it. And his staff is reflected. Do you think somebody's going to be fired? Of course not, they were hired for that very reason. Who would do this? A school teacher thought it was perfectly okay to allow a student to dress in a KKK outfit. All right, here we go. Uh, let's put it up for Mass Southern Middle School. So a teacher at Southern Middle School in Kentucky has now been suspended. Why? Because he allegedly allowed a student to dress up as the Grand Wizard of the Ku Klux Clowns as part of a history lesson. According to a local news station, WYMT, the teacher gave students the assignment of dressing up as famous historical figures. And the teacher approved one student's request to dress up as him. That's Nathan Bedford. Nathan Bedford Forrest, who was basically the founder of the KKK. He's noted as the Grand Wizard, first ever Grand Wizard of the KKK. Okay, so. Before I go to the next phase of this story, I want to remind everyone, this was an approved project. Which means the child goes to the teacher and says, hey, teach, you said a historical figure. So I'm going to choose a hateful racist man. Can I be that person? Sure, approved, no issue, okay? There's more. Reaction from local activists, the teacher's judgment, Drew harsh criticism from Whit Whitaker of the Lexington Fayette NAACP. What is your definition of hero or of historical figure? He said to WYMT. Would he have done the same thing if he wanted to come as Charles Manson or Hitler? All right. Pulaski County Superintendent Patrick Richardson has confirmed with the Lexington Herald leader that he had suspended the teacher who is not being identified publicly, but is under investigation by the Kentucky Educational Professional Standards Board. And, and sir, since you are not identifying who it is publicly, we only have your face as the leader and we will continue to utilize um, your leadership as who should be held accountable. He said in a statement, first and foremost, I am extremely disappointed and embarrassed by this incident. Richardson said in an interview with the Herald Leader. I would hope our school and community realize that this does not represent the character of our students and staff at Southern Middle School in our district and our district as a whole. Um, it at least represents some of them, Superintendent. May not represent them all, but definitely it represents some of them. So the reality is uh, there's uh, this tolerance in the culture of that teaching community. That's okay with this kind of blatant racism. 
Because the teacher approving garbage like that obviously is a signal that the teacher was under the belief that this was okay with top leadership. Why would you say yes to something so insane, right? Why would a student recommend it? Do you think the student came up with this on their own? Or perhaps this has a parental influence connected to it. Naturally, it does. What are you doing to address the reality of cultural racism inside of your school system? You have a teacher and a student that did the exact same racist thing. And you don't think you have a problem? All right, we'll see what the update is. Sharing thoughts here. And these are the same people in Kentucky, the lawmakers anyway, Dr. Ritchie, that are taking aim at CRT. Right. Which would, which supposedly would, would cut out some of these teachings, you would think. But okay, it's good people on both sides, and this mm. is who we are now. This is America. This is it America. Is. It is, and it's so sad because we see what's happening. Them trying to take over public education, them restricting colleges, making it impossible for a teacher to teach. A hell of a thing. A man, an innocent man, he says he didn't do it, 33 years in prison. Let's put up his picture, I'm gonna tell you this story. It's a fascinating story. Christopher Dunn, St. Louis man, has now spent 33 years in prison for a killing he says he never committed. Now the St. Louis Circuit Attorney Kim Gardner has requested a court to set aside the conviction and that he had not been involved in the 1990 shooting of Rico Rogers, okay, and there are some twists here. Dunn was 18, you see that? He was a child, he was 18 when Rogers was killed. Among the key evidence used to convict him was testimony from two children who were at the scene of the shooting. Both of those children later recanted their entire testimony, saying they were coerced by the police and coerced by prosecutors. Now let's stop right here on this moment. The attorney for the district, the circuit attorney, she believes the man didn't do anything. So she has made the proper motion. Uh, there's this recanting from both witnesses. They know who coerced them, but nobody's talking about what should happen to the prosecutor who broke the law, nor the others who were down with it. See, those individuals should face a criminal penalty for engaging in criminal felony conduct. But typically, we never go there. We just let them keep moving. There's more. A judge has heard Don's innocence case before. At an evidentiary hearing in 2020, Judge William Hickel agreed that a jury would likely find Don not guilty based on new evidence. But the judge still declined to exonerate Mr. Dunn, citing a 2016 Missouri Supreme Court ruling that only death row inmates, not those like Dunn sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole, could make a freestanding claim of actual innocence. Uh, now, I did some checking on this law and technically the judge is correct. However, there is a ruling that the judge could have utilized. Would have got, gotten the judge in a little trouble probably. Um, in the interest of justice, to rule in the interest of justice, okay? You can be challenged on that ruling. And sometimes you may not be popular with your colleagues on the bench for ruling like that. 
but it would have been the right thing to do. By your own admission, judge, the man was likely going to be found not guilty by jury. There's more, 2021. In 2021, the law now allows prosecutors to seek court hearings and cases with new evidence, new evidence of wrongful convictions. It has led to the freeing of another longtime inmate, Mr. Kevin Strickland, who also served more than 40 years for a Kansas City triple killing that he never did. Lamar Johnson was the second individual freed as a result of the new law. Don's attorney at the Midwest Innocence Project say, says he should be the third, and I agree. Let's put her up. The St. Louis Circuit attorney, Ms. Kim Gardner. Uh, Ms. Gardner is a good person, has a heart, gives a damn about justice, cares. She has done the right thing. Um, so she took up the cause after an investigation launched by her office, conducted with the help from the Innocence Project, convinced her this man was innocent. This man was innocent of that killing. She previously succeeded in getting a court to set aside the conviction of another man, Lamar Johnson, who has spent nearly three decades in prison for a crime he never committed. The overturning of Johnson's conviction was a rare victory in a challenging year for Gardner, the city's first black prosecutor. She has been under fire for months from critics who contend that under her watch, too many cases, including homicides, have gone unpunished. That victims and their families are left uninformed and that her office is too slow to take on cases brought by the police. You know what's really happening? Because she is not rushing to simply prosecute and convict somebody who's not guilty. She's being thoughtful about the process to ensure that she does not create a Mr. Dunn situation. Bailey, a Republican, right? A Republican who unsuccessfully sought to keep Johnson locked up, filed a court a motion seeking her removal. Criticism escalated when recent cases had to be delayed because prosecutors from the understaffed office failed to show up in court. Gardner said the attacks were politically and racially motivated, but she announced this month that she would resign effective June 1st. Republican Governor Mike Parson will appoint her replacement. Put up a picture. Somebody please get this new segment to the prosecutor. Madam, I know you are one of the champions out here. You are one of the few. If you don't do this, nobody will. Make sure that man is out of that damn jail before you resign. And if he is not, rescind your resignation off, please. Get this done. Nobody else would do this. Once again, law changes. The law changes and all of a sudden a bunch of innocent people go free. Showing how extreme and racist our criminal justice system has been, especially against black men. Innocent, but they served 30 years, innocent, but they served 40 years, innocent, serving 21 years. These are the ones that we were able to figure out. What about the ones that we never will? They die inside of that jail, or they get released after they serve 20 years and their life is completely, completely different. All right, we got more on the other side, it's indisputable stick and stay. All right, welcome back. Okay, an Instagram influencer scams 2 million from the elderly. Put up the picture for a mask. 
Social media influencer, Monet Montrage, 30 years of age, flaunted a lavish lifestyle online, but was actually scamming elderly people. On Friday, she was extradited from the United Kingdom to the US for allegedly swindling over 2 million from older single American men and women in a twisted lonely heart scam. That's according to federal prosecutors. This influencer who had around 3.4 million IG followers on a page, okay, Haja for real at one point from at least 2013 to 2019 was involved with a group of con artists, a group, a system from West Africa who assumed fake identities to trick people into thinking they were in relationships with, with them using emails, text and social media messages, according to the feds. The scammers would then get the victims transfer money, transfer money to them under false pretenses, pretenses such as to help move gold to the US from overseas to resolve bogus FBI investigations and payments to help fake US Army officers in Afghanistan, court papers allege. The influencer Montrage in one case allegedly duped a victim into selling her $89,000, sending her, excuse me, $89,000, 82 wire transfers on the pretext of helping her father's farm in Ghana. The court documents claim this, she tricked the person into believing the pair were married by sending them a tribal marriage license or certificate after a series of phone conversations using her real identity, the filing alleges there's more. Montrage also received money from several others who were swindled by scammers in her network. In total, the influencer netted two million in funds the group ripped off from victims to bank accounts she had in the Bronx and elsewhere. Including one opened in the name of For Real Designs, a supposed clothing company. She then allegedly laundered the stolen money to other members of the enterprise, the indictment charges, and all, and all. The influencer is charged with wire fraud, money laundering, receipt of stolen money, and conspiracy. She faces up to 20 years in prison if convicted of the top charge. She pleaded not guilty during her court appearance. And is set to be released on home detention to her aunt's New Jersey residence in the coming days on a $500,000 bond. Uh, this also includes a GPS tracking device via her ankle. In a statement, the Manhattan US attorney, Damian Williams, says, and I quote, as alleged, Mona Montrage was a member of a criminal conspiracy that specifically targeted older Americans through romance scams. These scams, can be both financially and emotionally devastating for vulnerable victims. He continues, thanks to the efforts of our law enforcement partners, Montrage was arrested abroad and has been brought to the United States for justice. And I will say this, I am a man of faith, okay? It's a special place in hell when you are willing to rip off individuals who are at the end of their journey and the little money that they saved, the little money that they saved, because they work hard, little retirement money they save. You want to steal it from them by playing with their heart, their emotions. Well, there's a penalty for that. And I do hope that at some point, um, 
you're able to transform and transfer out of this kind of activity. But damn, the fake marriage license. Um, we will bring you updates as this develops, and I believe there's more to it. Okay, hell of a thing. A black medical worker gets $140,000 after reporting racism. Good for them. Let's put up the picture full mass. So a black employee at Tacoma Medical Center is set to receive a settlement totaling $140,000 after an investigation found human resources just decided not to investigate. Not to investigate, which means they couldn't stop the harassment, right? According to the investigation by the US Equal Opportunity Commission, Kaiser Permanente permitted an African American employee to be harassed by her coworkers repeatedly because they just allowed it. Uh, there was use of the N word, a violation of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, and other things. Kaiser released a statement to the Tribune saying, and I quote, Kaiser Permanente has a deep and abiding commitment to racial equity. And we hold ourselves accountable to be responsive to any allegation of discrimination. The statement continues, we are on a journey to strengthen our policies and eliminate bias, discrimination and racism in our workplace and care settings. Through this settlement, we will be implementing additional training and processes to expedite investigations when claims of discrimination are raised. And together with our employees, we will continue to make Kaiser Permanente a safe and inclusive work environment. Uh, good for them, good for them. Um, it is evident that HR dropped the ball, but HR typically drops the ball when there's a culture that allows for dropping the ball. Why do we know about this story and why are you now doing the training? Why is there a different protocol? Because somebody was willing to enforce the law. And unfortunately, when it comes to civil or tort action, the only way you can enforce the law, anti-discrimination, is by filing a lawsuit. That's typically the absolute best way to enforce what the law currently says in a civil case. Good for you for doing so. You got $140,000 and a policy change. Good year. All right. Remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable.